Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the PGA DraftCast brought to you by WinDailySports.com. Just a quick reminder that WinDaily Sports doesn't just cover golf. They cover the NFL, the NHL, MLB, NBA, soccer, MMA, NASCAR, you name the sport. WinDaily Sports has projection models, optimizers, articles, and our famous Discord chat to cover it all. Now, if you click the promo link below and you type in Win Big or Green, you will get one week free of WinDaily. And then after that, it is just $5.99 per week for all of that, including some of our betting content. Now, let's get to the PGA DraftCast, where we have proven track records with Joel, Spencer, David, and myself. Let's have some fun. Get in the chat. Make sure you subscribe to the page, and make sure you hit the like button. Let's do this snake draft. Let's do the PGA DraftCast. Let's do it right now. PGA Nation, we are back. And you know what they say? They say teamwork makes the dream work. And that's what we're going to get this week at the Zura Classic. It's not your traditional tournament. We have teams in the real golf tournament. And we have teams on the draft cast here tonight as we draft. Of course, with me tonight, Spencer Byron back again. And we did some tricky things, putting him with his rival from last week as the Roto Ball team, but we'll get into it. David, Sia couldn't make it tonight. He'll be back next week. No worries there. We miss you, Sia. Come back into the chat if you can. But for tonight, audience, you'll be drafting alone. So for the, this might be the first time in draft guest history where the audience is fully solo in drafting their own team. So it's going to be <laughs> an fun night. As we break down the Zero Classic, Byron, you're laughing. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Joel. Did you say drafting the wrong team or their own team? But either way, I was wearing the blue shirt in honor of Sia, you know, RIP to his ever appearances on the show. So um, I'm the new Sia now, and this is how I look. So thanks for having me on the show, Phyllis. Byron, big shoes to <clears throat> fill. All right, Spence, how are you doing tonight? You know, it's funny. So obviously Byron and I could not agree to anything last weekend. I'm going to be fully transparent here when I give this answer. We tried to prep this together. <laughs> he ended up in a Zoom link. I ended up in a StreamYard link. We have done nothing. We couldn't even find the right time to meet each other here. Uh, I was going to wear the master's hat that I got from Andrew Putters. And I know you have yours on. Uh, I didn't put it on for this show. So, I mean, we can't get anything right right now, but should make for a fun and exciting time of us trying to figure out these picks because I don't know where you're at this week, and I don't know if you know exactly where I'm at. So, it's going to be interesting. Music to my ears as your competition, that is for sure. David, how you doing tonight? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I mean, this sounds perfect for Team Joel. David, again, um, our strategy is going to come to the fore. We have spoken about our players that we like. I think we're in agreement with the majority of it. Um, Joel, of course, already likes some players that are injured and wants to take them. So <laughs> well, I'll be doing my best to, to stop him choosing golfers who withdraw immediately from the tournament. True story. I asked David before the show, I was like, this guy's a European. I'm interested by this team. What do you think of him? And I didn't know this. He goes, the last tournament he played and he withdrew. So like, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Three months ago as well. This is his first tournament back. So we'll see if he comes up in the show. All right. So there you have it. Um, probably avoid anyone I take as is good advice for any tournament that we do on this draft cast. Um, the draft order tonight is going to be Team Win Daily 
me and David first. Team Roto Baller second. And the audience, you're going to go third. You got the wheel. You got two picks in a row. Um, you know, the, the usual gang is in the chat tonight. Edwards, Ivan, Jimmy, we're going to rely on you more than normal. Even you, Brent, to make sure you guys get your picks <clears> in <throat> in a timely fashion so we keep this thing moving because, unfortunately, if you don't, I'm going to have to lay down the hammer and pick for you. And that's not a result that anybody wants. Before we dive into the draft, Spencer, tell me, what are you looking for this week down in New Orleans? So I'm going to keep this very simple rather than giving some extensive course breakdown. Like for me, this is one of those situations where, and I ran my model in this way. Like if you, if you have access to my model or, or you've seen any of the numbers on it, I combine both players into one golfer. There are some pros to that and there are some cons to that. One, it was easier from a betting perspective to try to find the value when I had them into one name. Um, but I think one of the key things to mention here is when you're looking at this, like I would, I think there's two ways to play it. You either want the group that are exactly the same player and like that gives you that more prototypical alternate shot route where they're in positions where you're used to, or you want that boom or bust nature where one guy does one thing well, another guy does something else well. And that's kind of how I am constructing my lineups this weekend, my bets. It's like, I'm okay with one player being really good at something and not good at something else with it. I, I think if you're looking at this from a course perspective, uh, you have a little less than 30% of the shots are coming from 200 plus yards. So I think that long iron proximity mixed with the ability to ball strike from both players, or at least one of them having a putting ability will go a long way. But like the same answer, which is what makes it not as savvy of a route to go is, you know, Thursday and Saturday will be the four ball portion of it. And, everybody's going to be playing their own ball in that format. So you also want to try to find birdie makers and like some of that bus nature. I'm okay with taking on just because you have a partner that can help you. And like, that's where if I could find a situation where both golfers were good birdie makers, but then they also fit well together as a team. It's kind of what I was trying to find with my build. And, you know, like I said, I don't know what Byron did for his construction of this or who he has at the top of the board, but I think that'll make it very unique answers to try to come up with the decision. Cause really at the end of the day, like from a DFS perspective, there's a lot of game theory that goes into this. I think game theory is the one optimal route and try to find me players that I can get different with. And uh, you know, it's 82 man teams at the end of the day where the top 33 and ties make the weekend. So I, I think that's something important to keep in mind in the back of your head. Like as safe as we think certain players are, anything can still go wrong in alternate shot format. Yeah, and I think something I mentioned uh, earlier in the week also is these are all amazing golfers, right? Like even the even the guys who like obviously some are better than others, but even the guys who are at the bottom of the tier in this tournament, right? They're still really good at golf. So when you enter in this team format, which kind of can cover up some mistakes in some areas, and you know, I think it it, it volatility is the word, right? Like there's gonna be a lot of it. Guys that are normally not as good are going to have an advantage because they have some backup, they have a teammate, you know, things like that. So um, you want to find upside as much as you can. And I think it's going to be hard to really predict for sure. Like you would at a really difficult major championship and you want to just embrace that volatility this week. So as I pull up the draft board uh, for tonight, to just kind of give a little bit of an explanation of, uh, of the draft, we're doing three team, um, like we said before, so it's Team Win Daily, Team Roto Baller, and Team Audience. Snake Draft, as always, we're staying within salary. 
Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's, this week is a little bit different. So both golfers per team are the same salary throughout DraftKings. They'll accrue the same points. So it doesn't really matter which one you draft. You just can't take both. So, you know, you obviously can't have both guys in your roster. That will count here in the draft cast as well. Um, that's it. Other than that, it's going to be the same. It's a snake draft audience. You'll get two on the way back. Stay within salary. Team Windale is on the clock. And our pick's obvious. I mean, there's one team to me that's just head and shoulders better than the other teams. Uh, they're in good form. They're the best pedigree golfers. They have good history playing here. Uh, and that's Xander and the slow man. So put it on the board. We're taking them first. David, what do you think? You. How did we come up with this order? Uh, David won last week, and he beat okay. me by half of a point. So even if David didn't get picked, I would have. So the winners get to go first. And then we let the you know guys who like to come in second and third, you guys get to go behind them. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm guessing that means obviously that Spence would have taken the the most obvious pairing. I, I do want to caution people that the ownership on this pairing is going to be ridiculous. Like I'm seeing 40% at the moment and I'm not going to be surprised if it goes higher than that. So I think if you are entering GPPs, like to get overweight, you're going to need to be playing like 75% of your lineups with Kent Alexander as the lead team. Um, for me though, I'm just, I'm actually surprised at the price that they are. Like if they were trying to get people off this pairing, they would have had to make them like 11.6, 11.8, which we've seen golf is priced to that before um except i think in this circumstance this pairing is so far ahead of the rest of the field that they should have easily been that maybe even like 12k in order to to actually justify the each that they have on the rest of the teams i don't know why they didn't do that it's really poor pricing at the end of the day and uh, I don't have any reason to want to fade them like i under we can go through the ownership answer and that would be the one answer of why you would fade them but they are number one on every single part of my model other than one thing, which they graded second. So, um, I mean, they're, they're super safe at the end of the day, I think. Yeah. I think what makes ownership so confusing this week is that you got to look at the ownership number for both guys, right? Not just one of them and then kind of combine them. I, mean, I guess it's, it's doable, but it's not as straightforward as, as it normally would be. And the one thing I'll add, I think you made a really good point on the, on that with their pricing in that, when you start going down to even just like the 8K range, the mid-tier, you really start seeing a significant decline. And, you know, when you get to the 8K range, you look like this really feels more like a 7K range to me. And that's where it kind of highlights like, okay, then let's get the studs because you know, they clearly, you know, we definitively feel good about the top range. And then after that, things really start to kind of fall apart from there. So we'll see how we get our value in and make this lineup work. But Team Motorbar, who are you looking at first here? All right, I would Byron. just like to go off the top rope here real quick and just say one thing about last week's debacle. I just want to apologize to the audience <laughs> for absolutely nothing because Max Homer was the play over JT. Shooting what he did on Sunday to get to T25 was not okay for me. You know, So even if I did pick JT, David told me earlier, I still would have come last and we still would have come last. So it was a disaster as a team effort, but that's okay. Second, Spencer... I have built a model to optimize this course layout. When there's an alternate shot event, there's going to be three guys, or oh, three par threes that are 200 yards or plus um, that a golfer is going to be wanting to tee off on. So I'm finding guys that are really good over 200 yards on approach 
and pairing them with guys that are really good off the tee because that is going to be a great combination. There's two par fives that also provide another two shots. So five out of your nine shots are from 200 yards out on approach, which is something you can really lean into. And Patrick Cantley and Xander Shafley are one, the top five in that adjustment, which is explains why they play so well over here. You know, Xander's so good on approach and Candy's so good off the tee. So I do have somebody in mind, Spence, but I'm going to let you say some stuff before we make a decision. Uh, let's let's hear your name here and then we'll go from there, I guess. It's it's a it's a 10k guy, 10k guys, Killer Keith and Sanjay Im. To me, they seem like they are a really solid pairing. I love, you know, what they can get up to when it comes to par five scoring for the both of them. I really like who is <laughs> Ivan. We are we. Um, and I love I love what they can do as a team. You know, they're pretty good together. And Sanjay's playing some really good golf right now. So a little bit more affordable. Um, and I think you're going to get off the Max Homer and Colin Morikawa chalk by doing that too. They said that the Roto Baller boys couldn't agree on anything. And uh, I, I love this pick. So number one team for me, Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley. Number two team who I will say this on here. I do have an outright wager on them. I took uh, Keith Mitchell and Sung JM. I love what they have from a ball striking perspective. I think Byron, you kind of laid it out perfectly. So I have absolutely no problem with that. Yeah. Wow. Are you guys shocked or are you shocked? Joel's so shocked he's forgotten to tune his mic <laughs> No, I, I like that pick, actually. I think one thing um, to think about, as we kind of started to mention with the ownership, is that Sanjay's playing great. Keith Mitchell's playing really well. They'll probably be lower owned than the home of Morikawa pairing. So getting a little different in what we're looking at, like, you know, every team is going to have one of those first three, maybe four teams in their lineup. So to get a little leverage there in a big tournament, I think makes a lot of sense. All right, team audience. First of all, I, I commend you. Good start. Way to get going. We get your picks in early. Um, it looks like your first team is already locked in, and it's a good pick. It's a good, solid pick. Uh, the Billy Burns, Double B, they have a good history together. They play well in this tournament. In terms of talent, they're definitely up there in the upper echelon tier. Uh, and, you know, you, you get a little bit of salary savings by getting them over – the likes of, you know, the, the M's and the Shoffley. So I like your first pick. Um, and it looks like the second pick is the Hodgegaard team. Is that correct? I think yes, Hodgegaard. Yeah, I think so. You've got Brent and Ivan both like Hoygaard, so. Hoygaard. Hoygaard it is. All right, so lock him in. Those are your two picks. David, what do you think about that yeah, I I like both the players. I think um, a lot of people are going to look at Billy Horschel and and look at the bad form he's been in. Um, Sam Burns is obviously on a bit of resurgence, but Billy Ho's got a lot of team experience, right? Like, I mean, he's got um, present cups and um, Ryder cups to his name, and um, he seems to show up for these team events. So I don't mind, you know, looking at that team element because, I mean, it's such a volatile event. Like, anyone can turn on any day, and, and Billy Horschel has that upside. Um, Nikolai Hoygaard and, and Oz is really intriguing for me as well. Olison um, had a few years in the wilderness um, when he was facing some um, lawsuit charges, which got um, got removed basically and, and got resolved. And then since then, he's he's really come back in a big way, and, and he's got huge upside. He's a great, um, talented 
um, ball striker. And then Hoygaard's just got insane distance off the tee, and he's, he's coming into some really, really good form lately, including um, congealing it. I, I want to say the Punta Cana, but it might have been the Puerto Rico. Um, but he he's just gained special temporary membership on the, the PGA as well. So I really like that pairing. I think they're great value at 7,900. There you have it. Um, Spence and Byron, are you guys, are those, are both those pairings in your player pools, or are you fading there? I'll let you go first, Byron, and then I'll answer. I can't necessarily say I'm over, over the moon about either. Um, I'm, I'm not that big of a Ollison truther either. I don't, I don't really know what he's going to bring to the party. I know Dave's a big European guy, so I might take his word for it there, but I know Joe Nasi and I have Nikolai Hogard in our in our fantasy league, so we do like him. But Billy and Horschel, I don't know if I'm gonna, you know, I like Keith a lot more. I might just be loading up on Keith and, and Shafty and then this week. Yeah, I, I think the Burns and Horschel pairing, I, I like them. I think you could argue that they're one of the I think you could put them in the ten thousand dollar range and that would be a Completely fine sentiment if that would have gone there out. I, I kind of agree with Byron, though, when it comes to Hoygaard and Olison. I have a head-to-head matchup against them this week. They are the, the one positive thing that I will say, they are extremely, in my eyes, boom or bust, which isn't necessarily a bad thing for an event like this. And maybe I'm viewing this more from like a head-to-head betting perspective than anything else, but I don't know, just a little bit too much ownership for me for the downside that I think they have, even if like I mean, if you told me they came in the top five, I could believe it. It's just, I don't know if I want to take on that volatility. Yeah. There you have it. It's a value play. You got to get your value somewhere this week. Team Roto Baller, where are you looking with your second pick? Okay, Spence, you, you, rock, you rock and roll, yeah, bud. Let's see where you guide us, or do you want me to keep go, taking us to the promised land, yeah? I mean, I, we're one for one right now. I'll, okay. You can shoot it again, and, and we'll go from there if it's, uh, if it's cool. not something we agree on. So I'm thinking somewhere in the 8K range. I think we know we've got 7,900 bucks average left, so we can't really go too frisky until we go some value. So somewhere in the 8K range, two guys that are really popping hardcore for me, very well-rounded team, a safe team for 8,500 bucks are the two Canadians, Adam Hadwin and Nick Taylor. Yeah, so this is where I think us, and and by the way, I I generally agree with you on this. Um, I think this is where us not talking makes it really difficult because a lot of names are going to have to be said here. So I think (sighs) I'll just throw them out and it'll make for a better show anyway with it. It just gets some some teams out there. So, um, or or should I do that, Byron? Oh, bro, I think we're going to go balls to the wall. Yeah, I don't don't think the strategy we have is, is any way dishibiting or inhibiting disadvantageous um whatever word you want to use in my eyes there are one two three four there's four five teams in the eight thousand dollar range that i like this week um i'm generally okay with the hadwin and taylor team um What are you well, thinking? The, just just share the other name because we're not going to really be able to get much of them coming back anyway. The, the only other name that I'd like to throw out <laughs> there just to consider is Taylor Moore and Matthew Neesmith. But I'm fine going yeah. your route. I don't have a problem with Hadwin and Taylor. I think they're a good pairing together. I think so too. Um, we'll If you want to rock and roll with them, we can we can let you make the make the deciding vote on the on the way back. That's that's fine. Let's let's roll with Hadwin and Taylor. I don't have a problem with that. Perfect. I have them as fourth and fifth 
in my model, adjusted and non-adjusted. So they are way up there for me. I have them as the eighth team. So yeah, I'm like yeah. not like I'm not just giving into the pick just because I, yeah. I like them. They're a top ten team for me. Yeah. Cool. The Canadians, oh. let's rock and roll. I'm I'm with you guys. I think that's a really good pick. I think for how they're playing and their price, like like we said, I think finding value this week is going to be a challenge. Um, I think that that's a good team that you can kind of put with one of the top studs and, and make your roster work. So I like that pick. How about you, David? Yeah, I'm slightly concerned from what we've seen from Hedman lately. Like his his approach play's really fallen off lately. It's kind of the same with Keith Mitchell. Of like once you get past the top tier, you kind of get these pairings where like one of the players is playing really well and the other one's like not. Um, striking the ball that great and um, like Mitchell's lost in a big way on approach the last three tournaments and Hedwin's kind of gone the same route Nick Taylor's been like surprisingly good like he's playing really decent golf at the moment so you know you kind of just with a lot of these pairings you're hoping that the guy who's hot stays hot and the other guy gets some um, you know um, some good juju from the the other guy that he's paired with, you know, and hopefully the the Canadian factor comes in. You know, they they get on well and and they manage to come out and and um, spike something. But yeah, just I, I worry a little bit about what we're seeing from Hamlin at the moment. He has got good history on die courses, though. I'll, I'll add that. Yeah, I, I think like the one thing that my model noticed when it looked at them, which you could view as a negative, I think you could also maybe view it as a positive in some way. So uh, they're both outside of the top ninety for me when it comes to proximity from two hundred plus yards. You can make an argument that as a team perspective, when you put them in alternate shot, that could put them in some trouble, but they're both good around the green. They're both fine putters. Uh, they might be able to clean it up there. And and maybe there's something to be said about with both of them being bad there, that when we put this in four ball format, that if one of them can just hit a good shot and can produce, like we don't need both of them to make birdie on every single hole. If they can just alternate how they do it. I think that's why my model ended up liking them so much. But like, I do agree with David's general assessment of that to where, the proximity play worried me ever so slightly, but from a weighted team perspective of it, they were still like the 30th best team out of 80. So um, I don't think that that's horrible when you look at a lot of these other skill sets. Like they're good on die courses. They're good around the green there. They have good weighted T to green numbers for the most part. So um, I, I'm, I'm fine with that play. And like I said, to me, there's five teams in that $8,000 section. Uh, if you would have named any of those, I probably would have just said yes to you on it. Mm-hmm. Well, there you have it, David. We got two here. We got to go two in a row. We definitely need to find some value to make this roster work. With the first pick, who are you looking at? Um, I mean, are you are you okay if we go another one of these kind of? I, I don't want to call them studs, but you know, another nine k team and upwards, and then try and mix in some value a bit further down the board. Okay so I, I really like Wyndham Clark and Bo Hosler this week. I think they match out really well. They're both huge drivers of the golf ball. They're both great putters, good around the green game. I can see them, like they're highly volatile, but I can see them racking up like eagles and birdies all over the place. And um, that's kind of what I want in this tournament. They are, they are pretty pricey though. So um, if you want to go a bit further down, I don't mind that. I, I, I'm not going to say no to that pick. I think, honestly, there's another nine gay team I'd prefer. But I like that team, and I'm, I'm willing to roll the dice with them. Is it the Kims? Yes. Yeah. Of course. I'm worried about Seaweed. always taking the Kims. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I liked Seaweed a lot last week, but then um, he was pretty volatile and, and grumpy on the on the course. So um, they did – look, in saying that, the, the Kims did defeat Cantlay and Shelfley at the President's Cup on the final day, and the, the peers 
um, the the two Kims did actually beat Cantley and show off like if that's worth anything. They went to the eighteenth, but um, you know they they showed up and you know Cantley and show We know how good they are in these team formats, so um, I'm, I'm fine with either of them. My my lean is Clark and Hoslin. We save a little bit of salary as well, but if you wanted to go the Kims, I'm not totally opposed to it. I like the Kims. I like the. Right. I think there's more upside with the Kims. Not that I don't. I like Wyndham Clark too. I'm not opposed to that, but. I just think that the upside is there with the Kims. I, I can see them making a deeper run. So that's where, that's where I'm going to go with our first pick. Let's do that. And then um, what does that leave us salary-wise? Because now we're going to need to go deep dumpster diving, I believe. It should leave us with about 7,300 average. All right. I don't know if we want to. I don't think we necessarily need to dip into the six Ks just yet. I think we are going to have to go there eventually. Um, what do you feel about like we go? We got another pair of South Koreans, Benny An and, and SH Kim. Benny An's striking the ball beautifully. SH Kim can putt lights out, um, and he's above average in terms of um, quite a few of his metrics. They're they're very high owned, but um, you know we'll we'll have to get different elsewhere going down into the six Ks. I love it. I like that pick a lot. I think for a value play. Um, those are two guys I think that can compete. They they're in this tournament. I think with, comparing them to the other teams just in their general vicinity, I prefer them. So I think it's a strong pick. Cool. Let's go for that. Okay, Spence. I guess you're two for two. We can we can keep going with you on this. I, okay. I do have an opinion on somebody in the eight thousand dollar range that I think we should go, which I I think you agree with, but um, I'll let you go first. Another 8K guy, I think. Here's the one thing I will say, Byron, above anything else, is what do you think about this tournament from, let's say, 7,500 and less? Like, Do you have spots where you feel comfortable going? I've got four guys in the 9K range that I'm willing to go to, just based off of how much their ratings changed because of the alternating shot format that I've think you can provide some sort of a by the time this tournament's all said and done there's going to be several sub 7k guys sitting inside the top 20 this week and we're going to be like how did those guys get there so if you got a good a good feeling about some guys in the 7k or 6k range write them out so especially one or two of them especially with the pricing being so heavy up top you know you got to if you want to get some studs you got to be able to be willing to to sacrifice a few lower lower tiered guys I don't necessarily feel as comfortable in the $6,000 range as you do, but do you want to tell me who in the $9,000 range you like? Cause there is, I do have a team that I like a lot in the nine K range. Yeah. Or in, in the eight nine... K range, but like whatever you feel. I am loving Kurt Kiyama and Taylor Montgomery. Let's I have go. An outright bet on them. Boom. Yeah. Okay. Sign us up. Talk about birdie bonanza, baby. Those boys are going to be firing. So here's my thought with them. And, and this is the reason why I, I like that pairing. The only thing that worries me, and I do think we should go this right and we'll figure it out on the back end of this. I do worry about what this leads us at the bottom. I would have liked Ben on and SH Kim. I think that would have been a nice, you know, name to add to the mix of so with them not being there. It reduces our options a little bit, but yeah, I think you have Kiriyama who's going to give you that long iron proximity. You have Taylor Montgomery, who's the first or second best putter in this field. And then you want to talk about four ball. These two are going to be alternating birdies back and forth, I think. So uh, they're one of my favorite teams to actually win this event. 
Um, I don't know where we're going to go from here, but I, I once again don't have a problem with them on a surface. And they're probably, I guess I'll say, so there's three teams for me that graded inside the top 15 for all the weighted team numbers that I ran from a strokes gain perspective. So that'd be a team strokes gain off the tee, a team strokes gain approach, et cetera, with it. Uh, Shoffley and Cantlay, Sungjae and Keith Mitchell, Kitty Yama and um, his partner here. So I, I think that like, that's something that's really intriguing. And we can talk about how Montgomery doesn't have the iron proximity that we necessarily want, but he also has the ideal partner that's going to help him out there. Plus Absolutely. UNLV. You got to love the UNLV Dude, connection. Love it. And Monty is under pressure. He's atrocious. I think when the pressure comes on, he's only going to be hitting half the shots anyway. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of like that. And we know Kurt Kitayama is an Arnold Palmer Invitational winner. So, I mean, talk about pedigree over here on this team. So love it. There you have it. I will say I like that pick as well. I think they're a team that compete back in competing in this tournament. Um, 9,100, you know, I would have preferred them in the 8K range, but I guess, like we said, the pricing is just going to be tough this week. Um, so that, that's a good pick there. Audience, good job getting a head start. The problem with the audience is the audience doesn't have good teamwork. They're making all these nominations and not doubling anybody. Audience, we need you to work together to get your team on the same page so we can get a pick in. You're close. Nominations are in, but we need a pick. While we wait, David, what are your thoughts on the Kidiyama montgomery pairing? Yeah, I like the Vegas link. You know, I like that they're, they're friends outside of um, the professional scene and that they obviously are going to have um, some good synergy as well. I think that's a huge part of this, right? Like, you know, so so much of it is is trying to predict who's going to get on well with each other and who's going to um, benefit each other's game um, more than anything else. And I can see that for Kiriyama and Montgomery. I think, I think they've both got huge upside. Montgomery's one of the best, he probably is the best putter on the PGA Tour right now. Um, and then Kiriyama, obviously, huge distance, and he can stripe it on approach as well. Um, I, I also like Kiriyama's performance at um, PGA National. I think that's pretty correlated to TBC Louisiana, and he's got a good record around there too. So um, I, I think they've got a lot of upside. Um, I'd be interested to uh, – ownership's like super weird this week, and it's very, very hard to predict, but I'd be interested to see how much ownership comes their way because I do think it'll be pretty high because I, I think at 9,100, they're, they're pretty good value. There you have audience. Good job getting your pick in. Uh, your first pick looks like Stallings and Mural. <laughs> Brent, I, I hope you did that on purpose because that's really funny if you did. <laughs> but uh, it's a good pick. Listen, they were one of the value plays I probably would have taken with our next pick. I just personally have an affinity for Trey Molinax. Um He's one of those types of guys that will let you down, but he has upside. Like when he has a good week, you know, he gets you those top tens. You pair him with Stallings, who, you know, showed he can get hot with the irons. Um, I think they complement each other well at their price. I, I think that's a, that's a really good pick. And with your second pick, you went with Clark Hossler. So you stole our pick because we put it out there for you. We were going to take them, but we didn't. So they're yours now, and it is a good pick. Listen, Clark's striking the ball as well as anybody right now. I, you know, he's outside of that top tier of 10, 15 golfers. Wyndham Clark's ball striking is, is so good this season. So – Pairing with Hostler, it's another good pairing. Um, I think the audience is off to a really good start. Uh, Spence, how about you? What do you think about those two picks from the audience team? I, I really like the Stallings-Molinex pairing there. Um, that's what I was going to at least recommend to Byron if it came back to us. So 
Uh, very discouraging. And this is like, I guess what made me most uncomfortable with the structure that Byron and I took. Like it, it works fine from <clears throat> if you're just making DraftKings lineups, but with there only being 80 teams and there not being that many players that I actually want exposure to with, you know, Ben on and SH Kim being off the board and now Stallings and Molinax. Like I don't necessarily have a group of players that I feel very comfortable with. And I mean, I mean, it is what it is at this point, but it makes building very difficult for this show. Totally agree. And I got to, I got to give Brent credit. This is great. This is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, you got to get some sort of reward for that. That is just, that is the best team name pairing I've seen for this tournament so far. That was really good. Uh, nicely, nicely done. All right. Team Rotoballer, you are back on the clock. I mean, I, I have to be honest, Byron. I hate this range that we're in right now. I hate every single team that we're looking at. Okay. So do we want to just bite the bullet and go for like a really low price team and give ourselves a little bit more leeway um, up top and give us – I mean, I've got a $6,300 and a $6,400 squad that I'm, I'm willing to throw into one of my lineups. And if you want to do some salary relief there, we can. It's, it's two guys hinging on the fact that one guy is much better off the tee than he is around on approach, and the other guy much better on approach than he is off the tee. So I think I mentioned the same exact thing there, but you know what I'm saying. So they, they can dovetail really well in that alternate shot and... I'm kind of hoping that that's the case. It's David Lingworth and Jonas Blix, $6,300. I'm so so not a Lingworth person, and I'm even less of a Blix person. Dude, David Lingworth is pretty solid from 200 plus, and Jonas Blix gains off the tee. I'm not going to tell you about how much, but he does gain off the tee. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) So just know that. Um, Yes. That's that is where I'm leading you. It's sixty three hundred bucks. We're gonna get some serious salary relief if we go that route. There are other options, but I'll let you run the. Show. I would. I would. We'll have to make a pick at some point, and this is where like this is where my poker problems will come into play. Where I'll get the shot clock called on me, and uh, we're gonna end up timing out, and it's not going to be a good look for us. But I would rather not take the two of them. Okay. So give me some suggestions. I, I, I don't know. That's the problem. Like, I was hoping we could go Stallings and Molinax, and now that's kind of a disaster. Like, I would feel more comfortable in, I guess, a $7,000 golfer and then figuring, like, a minimum, like, 7300 7400 or less, and then figuring it out from there. I mean, do you have anybody in that range? Or, like, 7500 yeah. and less? $7,200, Mark Hubbard and Ryan Brim get a major bump from 55th to 33rd in my model if you do the suede um, tee to green stuff. Brim is a guy that can compound errors. When you're only going to be hitting one shot and then the other guy another shot, I'm totally okay with Hubbard jumping in and, and saving the day. Mark played really well at the RBC Heritage last week. They are $7,200 in a field full of diddly squat individuals. This is bad, Byron. This is not Spencer, good. just say yes to the dress and we'll move on. Do you have thoughts on um, Ben Taylor and Callum Terran? I don't mind them. They have been – Ben Taylor doesn't know how to play golf since he's been married, but it's it's really up to you. It's really up to you. I've, I've run, you know. Well, I, here's my thought, and, and it doesn't have to be them, and we'll make a pick in the next minute, but I would rather take somebody that's around the price point that we're at 
And then for the final thing, let's figure out where we're at. We can either go really low, like whether it's a Blix combination there and go way up, or we can at least see where we're at with that with okay. the price. How about Will Gordon and Davis Thompson? $7,600. I've got them as 13th in my model. Two decent golfers, and I like them on the long par fives. Long, long iron approach play. 7,600 smacks. I like them. I hate the ownership from what I see, um, but I guess let's go with them so we make a pick here. Dude, at this... The way we've built our roster, we're going to have multiple 6K guys potentially. So the ownership is not going to be a problem for us once we get there. Yeah, well, that's what I, I did not want to be in the $6,000 section. But here we are, I guess. So uh, the thing with Thompson and Gordon, I mean, if you want to talk about boomer bust and volatile and upside, I mean, at least they have that. Yeah. All right. I like it. I like it. We are on our way. So, David, we have two picks here. Um, there is a team I want to take. I will run it by you first. I would see you think if we take them, we are going to have to dip into the 6k range after. Um, and it's the, the winner of the last tournament. It's the Fitzpatrick brothers. I just think to get someone as good as Fitzy at the price that they have them. Like, I don't know much about his brother, but you know, you're getting an elite player in the low 8k range here. I think it's a really good value. What do you think about that team? I mean, I guess, I mean, Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick speaks for himself, right? Like that's that's obvious and the, the long iron play is going to be an asset around Louisiana. I mean, the, the concern obviously comes with his brother. I mean, that he's, he's very much finding his feet on the DP World Tour. Um, like, I mean, he's got a couple of like top 20s on the DP World Tour, but that's kind of it. Um, played decent on the challenge tour where he finished ninth, but I mean, like, the challenge tour is like worse than like Horn Fury Q school. Um, so those would be my concerns with that pairing of like, you're going to get a late guy and Matt Fitzpatrick, you're just really hoping that his brother lifts his game to some sort of like usable level off the back of it, and maybe will. I mean, like, you look at like Matt Fitzpatrick's two most recent victories right he won the u.s open at the event that he won at the u.s amateur he won last week at the rbc heritage where his family used to go on holiday all the time um you know obviously he likes to win at these venues where he has some sort of like sentimental link and playing with his brother maybe that will spur them on into something great um i mean the other the other one was what i've sent you in the chat of those two options kind of work and um in terms of the rest of the route it goes and we could either look to go super low in the 6k and then get two sort of like high 7k teams and just like hope that the 6k team makes the cut um or we could go sort of a slightly more balanced route and go sort of high 6k and then a couple of the other um 7k guys but um yeah look i just yeah i i have slight concerns but i've Quite big. I have big concerns about Alex. I'm going to take one one stab at talking you into it. And here, hear me out. Right. At this point, where we are salary wise and who we're drafting here, there's no pairing we're going to take where we feel super confident about both guys, right? I think either way we go here, we're going to have at least a guy we're going to be like, and eh, we're really rolling the dice with that one. So while it's a major roll of the dice with Alex because he's like not even playing in the same tournaments as these guys. We're not – it's not like we're alternate to somebody else and we're like, okay, that's like a safe play. There's no safe play left. So I'm – at least we're, at least we are getting the premier talent with Matthew. 
And then if we can get something from, from Alex too, like I, I can't imagine, I mean, he's definitely the worst player I would think, but you know, how much worse is he going to be than, you know, you know, we'll just, we can just name someone random down here that we might consider like, uh, you know, Molinari. I mean, probably a lot worse, actually. <laughs> yeah, he's a lot worse than Molinari. Yeah, probably Molinari's all. problem is the putting, and I actually kind of like that pairing with with Luke Donald. You know, a couple of yeah. um, Ryder Cup um, co captains here as well. So, um, all right, I'll defer to you here. Yeah, I. What I, what I worry about actually, I like one of the bigger things I worry about as well is like even just going like a couple hundred more than some of our other picks there with with eighty two hundred, it leaves us in a pretty tricky spot of where we come back in terms of the other selections as well. Um, I kind of, I really, I think that we should go one super cheap team, which is actually just recently been mentioned. And, and then a couple of the high 7k guys. I think that's the best way is you just got one lineup that you're kind of hoping makes the cut. And then we go from there. All right, so like for you, me, that would be Blixton Lemuth, which Byron just mentioned. Joe Blixt won this tournament in 2017. He's got a decent record here. He's been in dreadful form. Lemuth's been kind of striping it with the Irons the last six tournaments, and they're 6,300. I, I think they're mispriced at that. They should probably be six and a half. I can get behind that pick. All right, we'll lock them in first. And then uh, who are you going to pair them with on the tournament? Um, so after the Swedes... I mean, if you if you're adamant on the Fitzpatrick's been go there, I'm just I'm I'm you know Alex Fitzpatrick. I'd put like Cody Cribble above him in terms of like quality of player. Um, well, listen, he I, does like you said he has a few top twenty fives, which means he's 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 got some upside at least. Like he's he can put together a good week. He's not he's not you know he's not Kepka's brother. I mean, he's, he's, he's <laughs> yeah. Look, I, and I'd say that I look he is he's absolutely a better golfer than Chase Kepka. I'd, I'd give you give you that so i mean um, listen we are t- this pick is is relying on matthew to carry us but you know I, I think alex is not like you know he can he can just hold his own a little bit what what do you feel about stricker and johnson or John. martin and hadley did i break up can you hear me you did you you hated it so much that you froze <laughs> no, no, actually, the Stricker and Johnson magic. Johnson's kind of been playing well. Um, I kind of like the narrative of the Ryder Cup captains and you know playing together. So I get behind that pick. Zach's Zach's playing better. Stricker hasn't had worse than a top ten on the Champions Tour since August of last year. Like he's actually playing sneaky good, and distance is potentially going to be a problem. But we know that they can still strike their long irons. For me, it's either them or Martin and Hadley. Ooh, I like both. I would go with Martin Hadley of the two, though. Okay. Let's do that. All right, Martin Hadley, lock it in. There we go. Moving along, I like our team, Team Rotoballer. You guys have shown poor chemistry so far. How are you going to write this shit here? I'm not sure what show you've been watching, Joel, but I feel like Spencer and I have been setting sparks alight yet. So you just you just go lag behind again there, and we'll take care of business in the, in the, in the sixth and fifth round. Yeah. Spence, what are we thinking, bud? So I, I want to say this, and I mean, obviously it's not a possibility now. And of course, once again, we can't do it. I had warmed up enough to the Blix Lingmer thing where I really, really <clears throat> wanted to take uh, Shelton 
at 8,100. And I thought that that would have been the route that at least like we could just go to the very bottom and go that route. Now that it's not there, like, like I could lie to you and say that I have players in the $6,000 range that I like. I really don't like Brent Grant and Kevin Roy, maybe like they're okay. Um, I love that pick dude. Trevor Cohn and Andrew Novak. Like that's kind of where I'm at. So Brent, Brent Grant and Kevin Roy are the third biggest jump if you go alternate shot situation. Kevin Roy, fantastic from 200 plus. Brent Grant, fantastic off the tee, dude. I love that combination. Sign me up with that pairing. All right, let's go with that then. Because I do think we've kind of run out of options with the limited board that we have. And at least that way it keeps us in the sevens for the last pick. Yeah, and we won't have people picking guys that we've mentioned because we're now in a different price range again. So exactly. We set you guys up for the Jonas Blix thing. You know, Spencer saying he was warming up to it. It was a Swedish reversal, you know, but uh, good luck with that guys. Reverse psychology. I I, I like them. I mean, Blixter's Blixter's won this tournament before. I mean, admittedly he had Cameron Smith with him, but he contributed and um, he's got a decent record here and Lingworth's been playing okay. For the price, you know, the the thing is it's for the price, right? Like it just, if you've got one guy super low sixes and then can then stack with everything kind of 7K and above, um, I like that. But I like like Kevin Roy's metrics a lot. I've been on him recently and will likely be on him again because he's he's like top five on the PGA Tour for 200 plus yard approach, which is pretty, pretty nuts. I love it. I love it. Definitely finding your value there. Audience, we need you guys to double nominate. You got some nominations in, but we need more. So as you guys are getting ready and and we get those double ups in, um, taking a look as a whole at the audience team thus far, Spence, what do you, how do you think they've done? I really like the Stallings-Molinex pairing. I like the Burns-Horschel um I'm indifferent on Clark and Hostler. Like I kind of say it every single week. I'm not necessarily as high on Clark as everybody else is on the show. I think that the approach numbers are phenomenal. And I think if you look at data golf, he's like a top 30 golfer at this point, according to them. So that means something like that's, that's fine. And I think Hostler's putting ability will work fine. I don't have a problem with that. I guess the Hoygaard Olison pick is the only one that ever so slightly worries me, but at least, like I said, there's upside there. There you have it. Audience, you've hit a wall. There hasn't even been another nomination, which means in about five seconds, I'm going to have to pick for you, which there you go. The first pick's in, Detri Perez. Um, good pick for, for where you guys are here, what you guys need to do. Those are both plus golfers. Um, you know, if pairing in a team format like this, I think at a reasonable price, they can get it done. David, what do you think about that pick? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting narrative going with team audience, right? Because, like, Hoygaard and Olison are both in Ryder Cup conversation, as are Dietrich and Perius, right? Like, these are all players who have to show in this kind of format that they can turn up and play and play well um, on a foreign course um, in order to earn a spot on the Ryder Cup team. So I kind of like the narrative that they've got going with the team. Victor Perius and Dietrich match up really well. Perius has been on fire. Dietrich, I've always worried about his upside. Um, he's never won, never won on the DP World Tour really struggled to to win recently on the PGA Tour when he was in a great position as well. Um, but in a peers format like this, you know, you're, you're kind of 
protected a little bit against that kind of stuff, you know, and that this could be the kind of tournament where Dietrich just comes out and kind of wins because he's in a pair with um, Perez and Perez down the stretch can just like land 25 foot putts like out of nowhere. Um, he is extremely clutch and I really hope he makes a Ryder Cup team because he's going to make pretty compelling viewing. There you have it. Uh, we like the pick. Now your last pick's in, and I guess this is the nature of the audience drafting alone, not a lot of good teamwork, not a lot of coordination. Audience leaving a lot of salary on the table with their final pick of Kim No. And, you know, as a value pick, I like the Kim No pick. I think it's, it's, a, it's a sneaky value pick. But, you know, with $1,100 more to spend, I think I probably would have gone up to somebody else there. But the pick's in. No backsies. <laughs> wow. You know, overall, I will say I like the audience's team. I think you guys did did a pretty good job for your first time drafting completely solo. And, you know, for all we know, you'll likely have me with my foot in my mouth come Sunday as you guys might take this down. Team Rotoball, with your last pick, who are you looking at? All right. Yeah, that, um, go for it. Can I try to sell you on something here? Absolutely, dude. I, I've been drinking beer. Yeah, I'm ready to, to buy anything you give me. So it's an intriguing pairing to me for a couple reasons. Um, I think if we look at one player's recent form, there's a lot to like. Um, I think the problem is neither one of these two players can putt. And if you could have given the one goal for somebody else, it might have been a better pairing here. But do you have any thoughts? And I'm not saying I love them. Um but in the situation that we're in right now, we have very few choices to go through. Do you have any thoughts on Luke List and Her- Henrik Norlander? Knew that was coming. <laughs> Yo. See, the thing is, I just never play Luke List because I... <clears throat> Man, dude. But, I mean, talk about ball striking pedigree there. You know, that's the thing. And if, you, if you're going alternating holes or, you know, best ball... I love it. You know, the volatility is is through the roof. And and again, we sub 7,500 bucks here. So things have to get, you're going to have to cleanse your cheeks and, and make a pick here at some point. So I don't hate it, Spence. I want to sell you a little bit more on the Mark Hubbard, Brian Brems situation, but I've made a lot of these picks already and suggested a lot of them. So I'm, you know, I'm okay going with, I've looked at them and Sometimes in a team event, you know, maybe Luke List divolves and becomes one of the best putters this week. You know, like you never you never know what happens. The pressure's off. I think his problem might also be he doesn't necessarily like to putt as aggressively when he's playing on his on his own with his own ball. You might, you know, be scared of those three, four foot comebackers where where he's got an, a 15 footer for birdie and his buddies in the hole for par. That to him is it's a freebie. So I think that can really free him up a little bit on the putting greens. So maybe the bad putters are better putters this week, whereas the good putters are still going to be good putters, right? So that's just one way you can maybe approach this week. So I'm I'm kind of setting myself on it too now. So I, I kind of like it. Obviously, there's a lot of volatility on this. And yeah. I mean, that goes without saying. But I think when you look at these two players, you obviously have Luke List, who's a top 10 player in this field in driving distance. When you look at Henrik Norlander, he's going to be a top 50 player in accuracy. So you kind of have that give and take there. But it's kind of what's interesting to me is when we look at Norlander's ability to find fairways and then Luke List's ability to be, you know, a top, I mean, my model has him 20th, but if we want to say he's like a top 25 golfer 
from proximity 200 plus yards. It's kind of an interesting pairing. I don't know if the combination can make a putt, but they're top 15 yeah. for me in strokes gain T to green. Um, there are so many other routes I would have preferred going here. I would have preferred the Ben on route. I would have preferred the Molinex route. Like this is me grasping at straws to try to figure out how to round out this lineup. But to me, so like from an upside worth. perspective, it feels the best route. That, then again, I take Luke List every week on this show and he misses every cut. Well, he's only going to miss half a cut if he does this week anyway. So it's all all good. <laughs> I've got them graded at, at 20th. So I haven't even paid attention to him because I'm just allergic to Luke List. But put him on, baby. Let's go. I, I love what you're talking about, Jeff. Listen, if, if Luke List had someone else to putt for him every week, we'd be talking a whole different story. So he, for once in the year, you get someone else to take some putts for him. That's got to be a good thing. It can't hurt. That's for sure. Well, it can't, even if he has a bad putter, it can't be worse. <laughs> it can't be worse. That is for sure. Exactly. Um, <laughs> man, we are, we are tough tonight. All right. Our last pick, it worked exactly how we wanted it to. We are taking Captain America because they are the captains of America. We already talked about them on our last pick. The old men, because they're old and they're men. Zach Johnson, <laughs> our final pick at 7,800 to round out our squad. We're not done yet. Uh, don't forget to hit the like button. Right? Give us a follow. It goes a long way. We are going to post these lineups on Twitter. Let us know which team you like the most. Who do you think is going to win? We'll track it. We'll report back next week on who the winner is. But before we wrap up with you guys tonight, we still have our first round leaders. And man, this first round leader is going to be a little different this week because it's team format. So we'll start with you, Spence. Who are you looking at this week in the first round leader market? So I don't have a first round leader bet right now. Um, there's a lot of volatility here. I was trying to figure out the optimal way to run numbers. I'll give a couple outright bets that I have. I've talked about a few of them on the show. And if I have any uh, first round leader bets, I'll drop them in the discord channel later in the week. But um, a couple players that I didn't talk about that I'd like to at least throw out there. So uh, I alluded to them a little bit, Taylor Moore and Matthew Neesmith, 55 to one. And then Brendan Todd and Patton Kazire at 90 to one. They're kind of my deep long shot to where just trying to put the pieces together. And then uh, the Kitty Yama Montgomery pairing and Sungjae and Keith Mitchell. There you have it. I like it. How about you, Byron? Do you have any first-round leaders for this week? I do, I do, I do. And the first pairing is going to be a bunch of, which way am I pointing here? This These South African boykies. I know old David likes a good old brew joke. And um, we've got MJ Duffy and Eric van Royen at 66 to 1. Two very volatile golfers to and, – and just when you give me two dudes from the same country in a pairing for one day, for four days, I don't care how long. It's just – I feel like the vibes are very good. And just these international pairings, just they just play better when they play together. So I think there's one there. I was waiting for you to mention them all show. I was like, team that up against Byron's going to be on them. I actually got there in the first round. I have an outright on them for 150 to one, which I think is a very fair number for the two of them. They're two very upsidey golfers, golfers, and uh, that's what you're going to get from them. And then David mentioned that um, Taylor Montgomery is the best putter in the field or on the PGA Tour. That is a lie. Statistically, this year, Sam Ryder is the best putter in the world, not to mention. So, Sam Ryder, Doc Redman, 55 to one. First round leader, 
Let's go there. And then I've been mentioning Brian Brem and Mark Abbott all, all show long. So 80 to 1, Brian Brem, Mark Abbott. Brian Brem's going to have a blow Apollo too, but in this format with the, the round one is better ball. So you, you can have a blow Apollo as long as your buddy shows up, you're good to go. So those are my three guys I'm looking for in the first round. Can, can I say something really fast before we move on? So obviously we're not going to change our pick, Byron. We saw what happened last week when picks get changed last minute, and I'm not suggesting that. I'm just curious because we never even talked about it. I assume then you would have rather have had Van Royen and Duffy than the Lukeless route that we went. I actually have them graded worse. I'm just picking these guys because they're obviously both from South Africa, and I think they do have – I'll be playing them in my player pool. I, I will but... too. But as a from a, a grading model perspective, they didn't really do as well as as the other two. Fair enough. I was just curious about that. Yeah. All right. How about you, David? Who are you looking at here in the first round of the market? I will address that. According to Data Golf, in the last 12 months, Taylor Montgomery is the greatest putter in the world. Um, but if you look at a shorter last six months to the last three months, he drops to, um, I think, third um, in that metric, which will be off the back of he's actually just lost strokes at the Heritage recently. So both great putters, though, and I, I quite like um, Sam Ryder this week. In terms of my first-round leaders, I like the morning tea times. Again, there does look like some wind picking up in the afternoon here. Um, I also have Moore and Neesmith as first-round leaders, um, as Spence mentioned. Um, you can get them at um, 40 to 1 on bet 365 for first round leaders. Not sure what you're getting on um, DraftKings and the like um, over in the States for them. I like JJ Spawn and Hayden Buckley. I think they've got a lot of upside. Hayden Buckley's playing very, very well the last two tournaments. JJ Spawn's gaining a lot on approach, but the putter limb down at the Heritage in a big way, which isn't normal. Um, so I like them at 33 to 1 to be first round leader. Harry Hall and Bartia. Bartia can just go absolutely haywire and shoot eight under on any given day. We've seen that recently at, at um, other tournaments. So he's got extreme upside for me. They're the last group out, which is a kind of a downer for me in terms of their their options. But um, I just I love the upside that you can get for Bartia. And I, I kind of um, feel bad for the audience because they, they could have gone that way and we're sort of shaping that way until they um, decide to leave a, a ton of money on the table. Um, final two for me. Hadley and Martin, um, they're one of my favourite pairings for the week. Um, you get them at 50 to 1, and then Brendan Todd and Patton Kazire. Patton Kazire is like upside galore. Brendan Todd a little bit more reliable, but he can putt extremely well, and driving accuracy is going to find a lot of fairways as well. So I really like that combo um, as a first-round leader, and that's probably my favourite first-round leader play. Boom. I like it. I like it. For me, I have a couple. My first one that I was super excited about was the South Africans, Van Ruyen and Duffy. I think they're they're a good first round leader play. Again, they they're really they have really good upside as well. On DraftKings, you can get them at 50 to 1. Um I also really like Denny McCarthy and Joel Dahman at 35 to 1. I like the Fitzpatrick brothers. Listen, Matt coming off a heater, going to start off strong with another first day at 35 to 1. Um and the my favorite the leader to be the first rounder the more favorite for me to be the first round leader of the group is going to be Sam Burns and Billy Herschel at 22 to one. That's a wrap. issue a public apology. If the Fitzpatrick brothers are first round leaders. Uh, <laughs> I would appreciate that. I would appreciate it. I, I, I know it's one of those things where I can also see them like having a really good first round and maybe they don't sustain for four days, but coming out hot with run round carrying over from last week for Matt is a possibility. 
Um, that's a wrap this week. Listen, it, it's a different week. It should be fun to you know, watch change up from the traditional strokes tournament that we've been watching. Um, tune in. Like I said, give us a follow. Check back to see which lineup prevailed. A big, big, big thank you to Byron for joining us tonight. Um, helping out Spencer and the Roto Baller team. Spencer couldn't even stick to the end. So thank you. Um, but we do. We thank you very much for, for joining us tonight. Any parting words? No, it was awesome doing the draft with you fellas, as always. Thanks for the banter, the audience. You know, um, you can't take that $1,100 to the grave, but it's a bold strategy. We'll see if it pays off, Cotton. And um, just, you know, happy to have Spencer back to end the show out. So I thought, I thought he, he just... I left in disgust. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm happy to have you back, Spence. I guess as a parting note on my end, I don't know what was said. I will add three first-round leader bets just to close this show. Um, it's going to be on names that everybody has mentioned so far. Brendan Todd, Patton Kazire. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm just running this from uh, what I had on my books. Uh, Akshay Batia, Harry Hall, Taylor Moore, Matthew Neesmith. Those are probably my three favorite ones. Boom, a lot of repeats. So we're, we're on a lot of the same guys, which mm -hmm. is a good thing. We're seeing something similar. So good luck this week. David, go ahead. Um, I'll just point out, because Sierra isn't here, and he deserves a shout-out for... I mean, we joke on this show about hitting, like, two first-round leaders every week. Like, Sierra actually did hit two first-round leaders last week. He had Victor Hovland in second, and he had Aaron Rye in first, um, both given out in the Win Daily Discord. So there's a promo link in the chat, and make sure you signed up, because um, Aaron Rye was, like, 110 to 1 for first-round leader. Um, so Sierra's just the GOAT, and... Um, I'm sure Sia will be popping into the Discord to give his first-round leader plays, which are an absolute lock and, and going to be much better than all of the plays that we've just given. Honestly, Sia's gotten so good at first-round leaders that we actually do expect him to hit. It's like, if he does it, like, what happened? How'd you miss? How'd you not get right. the first leader? So, Sia's definitely on the heater. Definitely get in the Discord because we do make updates. Like, David will let you know the weather updates. If there's a weather edge, like, that's something we really do have to kind of confirm Wednesday night. So get in there, check it out. Check out the ownership article from Steven. Make sure you understand what that looks like going into the tournament. Uh, there'll be more outright plays and things like that in Discord. So give us a follow. Check out the Discord. $5.99 a week. Good luck this week in sports.